1: Release prophetic words and examine scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow.
0: Thanks again for joining our conversation.
1: Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast.
0: Hey, we're happy to have Krista Elisha here with us today, and we're just going to invite her to tell her story to you. So, you want to say hello to the people?
2: Hello, everybody. Thank you, Ken and Lisa, for having me here.
0: So we're super excited mm-hmm. about yes, what are. God has done in your life and what's going on. And so we're going to get right into your story. Lisa, do you have any questions for her?
2: I do.
1: First question I have, which is uh, for those that are following, you that may not know, but Krista Elisha is a unique name to go by. And, you know, for those, our, our listening audience, would you like to kind of enlighten them as to where that came from?
2: Yeah. So my my birth name is Krista uh, Elisha Joy. My uh, maiden name is Webb, but my husband's last name is Shram, and it's a uh, it's a really incredible last name that it, it comes from uh, Jewish lineage and it means somebody with a battle scar and a victory song, but it is. Not a very easy name to spell or to say, and so, because people get it wrong so often, I ask my husband, i'm like, "Is it okay if I just go by my middle names and for you know ministry purposes?" and he's like, "Yeah, honey, that's totally fine so yeah, so that's my name but but the way that um
1: you derived originally. At Krista Elisha, because those are
2: your birth names. Yeah. So the story of how my mom, why my mom gave me the name. Yeah. So my parents were high school sweethearts, um, and uh, they. Got married like right after high school. My mom and my dad had my oldest sister when they were like 16, and um, they had had a lot of struggles, you know, being young parents. Um, My mom had three little tiny ones before she was even, uh, I think she was like 20, before she was 25. She had a my older three siblings. And uh, her and my father almost separated for a while. And it was during that separation that my dad actually got saved and he pursued my mom. And when mom, you know, answered the door, my dad was there. He began to minister to her and she received Jesus. And it's a really beautiful story because, uh, it was that week. My, my mom told me that, um, it was the first time in her life that she had encountered the love of Jesus in such a tangible way. And it was because my dad was actually prophesying to her and telling her things, um, and you know, that he was hearing in the spirit, uh, for my mom. And so they got back together and um, it was that week my mom got baptized in the Holy Spirit and they intentionally got pregnant with me. So I'm a reconciliation baby. And my mom, uh, she decided that she wanted to name me Krista Elisha Joy because Krista means follower of Christ or anointed one. And Elisha was the the prophet that received the double portion, but it means God is my salvation and joy because, um, the whole time she was pregnant with me, she had, she was just filled with supernatural joy when, um, the, her prior life before Christ, she had struggled with severe anxiety and depression. So, um, Yeah, that's how I got my name. (laughs) That's a beautiful story. Now, for our listeners, um, you may not be
1: as familiar with Krista's name, but... You've probably seen the video that is going around Facebook because it has gone viral. Um, Last count, I believe she's had over 10 million views um, of an encounter that she had with Jesus. And that's how I became familiar with her because um, a friend of mine, Lynn, who attends our church, actually um, showed me the video because she is also a hairdresser and it just captured her heart. And so I, I was just like, I've got to meet... Krista and see if she will be on our podcast. So I really want our viewers to hear before we go in depth, because I also want them to hear your testimony, but I would like for them to hear about this encounter that you recorded uh, impromptu Mm -hmm. uh, running, actually walking. um, And the Lord told you to record it and you released it and it's
2: gone viral. So you want to tell about that? Yeah. So um, that there's a backstory to, to the encounter that I had and that most people don't know about. And that was, um, I had just gotten back from Jerusalem and, uh, the Lord had given me a prophecy, uh, through a friend of mine that, um, I was going to receive a new pair of Nike shoes and it was going to be a sign that I was going to be walking into my destiny And I remember when my friend gave me this word that I was like, I don't even like Nikes. Why would God give me a pair of shoes that I don't like? (laughs) And um, I kind of despised the word, which might sound (laughs) terrible, but I did. And literally the week before I ended up leaving, uh, a friend of mine out of nowhere, she said, the Lord told me to go get you a pair of Nikes. She had no idea that I had gotten this word. So she got me a pair of these white and gold threaded Nikes, they were called Nike Free Runs, and the first time I wore them was actually in Jerusalem when we made our ascent to the city, and we ended up taking a tour to um, like the Temple Museum and into the old city and, and doing the Way of the Cross. And out of nowhere, it just started torrentially downpouring and we all got soaked. And I remember in my spirit, the Lord telling me that he was about to um, release his blessings on me because there, rain, it equates blessing in favor of the Lord. So I'm like jumping around in my new Nikes, getting them all wet and Jerusalem rain and you know, uh, thanking God for his promises being true. So fast forward, we get back from, from Israel and, uh, all the shutdowns happened. And, you know, I was just the week before the encounter, I was actually walking on that same road, which is next to my house. And it's the one I grew up on, you know, riding my bikes on and stuff with my brother. And, um, the Lord asked me, are you willing to be despised for my namesake? Wow. And I said, yes, I I am. I'm willing to be despised for your namesake. If it was good enough for you, it's good enough for me. And um, he just left it at that. I was just asking him, like, okay, you said we were walking into the next level of my calling, and, you know, what? where are we going next? Where, where am I following you to next? Um, so then the next week I had... I had actually been praying and fasting and felt like, you know, um, I just wanted more. And I think that all believers, we we go through seasons like that. Yes. And I think that we often have a choice as to whether or not we're really going to press in. And... So I was fasting and praying and pressing in and every day being intentional and not really knowing what it was that I needed, but just knowing that I needed a fresh touch. And um, so I'm walking. I woke up that morning and um, I just felt I did not feel great. I definitely did not feel like taking a run. and um, I just felt this this urge, the Holy Spirit asking me. To, to get up and go. So I put on those shoes that were still, you know, dried but drenched in the Jerusalem rain. And I'm jogging down the street. I was listening to a, a soaking track. Usually when I when I walk or exercise, I, I pray in the spirit. Right. Um and and just talk to the Lord the whole time or worship. And um I began to Climb this one hill, and I went into this vision. And so, I'm, I primarily operate as a seer. Um, what was really different about this encounter was there was uh, a lot of emotions in it. And usually, um, during like what I call, vi- you know, open visions, um, there's there's emotions that are involved, but though they're not. I just had never experienced anything like this before. Um, And in the vision, I saw Jesus, and he was up ahead of me. And so I'm... No, let me just interrupt. So you're still
1: walking, mm -hmm. still outside walking. Yes. But you're having this vision while while you're walking, still in the same place, but you're seeing Jesus
2: just up ahead. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and so i see him up ahead and i begin to try to catch up with him but i had all of these weights on me um and i could just feel like uh this heaviness that was keeping me from being able to catch up to him and all of a sudden i had this uh overwhelming feeling of desperation uh that he was farther away than I could reach. And, um, like a child gets, um, you know, when their father is leaving them at a grocery store and they're like, okay, I'm getting in the car now. Where are you at? Um, it, it, it felt like that, like I was being left behind. And that for me was probably the most, um, Shaking because part of my relationship with God as my Father and one of the foundational things that I understand about Him is that He will never leave me and He'll never forsake me. It's uh, I meditate on Christ in me and me in Him right. and He loves me and I love Him. That's how I um, how I engage God. So uh, that was very uh, disconcerting. And, um, I realized that, um, it was the things that were tripping me up were small sins, tiny compromises, um, you know, things, lust of the flesh, uh, lust of the eyes, pride of life mm-hmm. that I didn't even realize had gotten in the way. And, um, I started repenting, you know, like, Oh Jesus, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. You know, I don't want to be left behind. Like I don't want any space between us. And, um, as I started to, uh, bring those things in my life to the forefront and they, to be clear, they weren't huge things, right? They were, you know, not, not what, what most people would think is like gross sin, but they were small areas of disobedience in my life, um, that had created a chasm. Um, and the discomfort that I was feeling in my life was actually the space that I had allowed to get between, you know, my intimacy with, you know, with Jesus, um just because of little compromises, right, and um so, but as I repented, he you know, I was able to catch up with him, and then I got up to him, and um i he looked in my eyes and he grabbed my hand, and um he I was overwhelmed, but when i when I grabbed his hand, um, the the meaning of the vision totally shifted, and it became. Uh, a intense, overwhelming understanding of all of the people that are in the world that have rejected his love. And when he returns, what they are going to encounter when they see him in his glory for all that he is and know that they rejected him. And um, it was like supernatural, like his Heart, the the energy from his heart, all the love and all the power from his heart for all of the world um, shot into my heart, and um, he said, he, he began to to reveal his heart for the people that don't know him and how, you know, they don't realize that they are the love of his life and that he is the love of their life. They just don't realize it yet. And, um, if I can be honest, some of the small compromises that I had made were, um, you know, not sharing the gospel when I felt prompted to, or not prophesying over somebody when I felt prompted to out in the marketplace, or not praying for somebody for healing when I felt prompted to out in the marketplace, just because of not wanting to be uncomfortable. right? And, um... That was when I, you know, that was when the real repentance kicked in because I realized what I had been denying Jesus and what I had been, I had been denying Jesus His full reward. And um, we don't
1: think about denying, you know, it's so easy to talk about the de, de, Peter denying Jesus. Yeah, after, you know, during the crucifixion and and during that period of time of Peter denying, but we don't think about how many times we knowing him if you know he prompts us in the grocery store to pray for that person but we don't we're afraid of rejection what if they say no they don't want me to pray for him or they you know we're embarrassed you know we're worried about our look good and all that so
2: or even just about being inconvenienced like because for me I um I I really love Todd White, the evangelist, because everywhere he goes, he just spills out the love of God. And for years, I have really lived that, like, you know, where I'm from, everywhere I go. And um, even my my daughter, her friends, they would come over to the house and spend the night and I would end up having words for them and praying for them and all this stuff. And it, it used to embarrass her, but then they all started making rumors at school, like, if you go to you know, Chris's house, she'll end up telling you everything about you that you never knew. And they all end up getting saved or whatever, which is amazing. But I've always lived that reality. But then it just, these things like, God, I'm so busy. Like I just, when I get home from work, I just, and I have to stop by the store. I don't feel like doing this right now, you know? And it's, um, it was a real eye opener for me. And then just also not just about people, but about our families and how, uh, so many times we are, you know, like even in ministry, I, I have a ministry. So how many times have my children been, been sacrificed on the altar of ministry, um, so that I can, you know, pray for this person or be up all night, you know, counseling this person or whatever, um, And then even after that encounter, um, the Lord started telling me about the brevity of life and about how he started teaching me about Kairos opportune moments in time where we can reach in and we can grab destiny, um, not just for ourselves, but for generations and other people. And, uh, my little girl, she's, she's 16. Her name is Samara and she's amazing. Um, she operates in the prophetic but she has she's a dreamer and um she had not really uh watched um that video uh because she just hadn't i don't know why probably because she didn't want to see her mom cry (laughs) it is very um emotional and if you have not had the opportunity
1: to see this video you can go to facebook Mm -hmm. and do you want to tell them where they can watch this at just as
2: yeah you can go to um, my facebook it's my public figure page um It's Krista, C-H-R-I-S-T-A, Elisha, like the prophet, E-L-I-S-H-A. So you can find it there uh, on my ministry page. Make sure that the one that you choose is the one that has... I think there's. I have like 42,000 followers because there are some fakes out there right now that I'm having issues with Facebook to have them take it down. Or you can go to to YouTube um, and you can find it... uh, if you look up Krista Elisha on YouTube, you can find it there too. And it's it's just,
1: it's an incredible video and you can just, you see the emotion on your face as you were um, talking and you see the, what I picked up on was the, well, intensity and urgency.
2: Yeah. It f- felt such a sense of urgency. Yeah. And that was, that was the other you know, takeaway. My daughter had a dream about uh, my husband and I getting in a a white car, setting ourselves on fire, and then driving off a cliff. And then in the dream, everybody is grieving, but we showed back up at the our my ministry, the revival rooms, but we were like phantoms, and so we were there, but we weren't there. And she came up to her dad, and she's like. Why did you guys leave us? And he said, We just had to, honey. And instantly in my spirit, I knew the interpretation it had to do with us not being intentional about our family and, um, you know, the Lord recalibrating what our priorities were. But I mean, in the encounter that I had, also, that was confirmation. But all I could See, was how the world that we were in was in such turmoil, such chaos. We've got coronavirus, people fighting over masks, you know, uh, hoarding tulip paper, and uh, the riots, and, and all this, you know, just selfishness and wickedness. And we even have people that are in the faith that, you know, over petty disagreements, hold, you know, grudges against family members who don't even know Jesus. Like those family members are supposed to act like they do know Jesus. And I could just see all of this and how it was literally just garbage compared to the greater, you know, the glory of eternity and how, um, I mean, really, it was like when I took Jesus's hand, I just received this. Uh, I mean, it was a supernatural download of information about how he, his, his bride, his beautiful church, was caught in distraction and uh, petty disagreements and and things that were so um, just useless <laughs> and. Uh, how he was wanting to turn their hearts back to focusing on eternal realities, and what is the point? And you know how many millions of souls that you win if your if your family burns. You know what I mean? Right. Like what why are we out, you know, feeding the homeless, but we have, you know, a a husband or uncle that is being, you know, neglected in a, in a nursing home or, you know, like he gave us our families and he gave us promises for our families being saved. But if we aren't Jesus to our families, then how are they going to see that? And so just recalibrating what was important and and showing me the brevity of life and how to count your days and make it worth, you know, make it count for something, you know, live a life of impact and, and start with your family first. And then, you know, we love the Lord, our God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and all our strength, you know, receive that love for ourself. Se- then, in the Jewish context, that scripture actually meant to love your tribe, love, love your people. And Jesus took it a step further and said, Love the ones that are outside of your tribe as you love yourself, um, because they were very lo- loyal to their own tribe. So, um, yeah, we were, it just, yeah, that was intense for me. And
1: <laughs> yeah, what well, you could tell um, just watching how intense it was. And then you said you were recording it
2: yeah so after that um, the I heard the Holy Spirit prompt me to to video it and um, to keep it and I'm like okay so I went and I turned my phone on and I've been doing social media ministry for a few years um, and I uh, I was not gonna record it for my ministry page um, I was only going to record it for myself uh, to keep. So that I could refer to it again, but um, no. So I I I was going to just uh, record it for myself to keep uh, to go back to it whenever I needed a reminder, (laughs) and I went to record it and my phone glitched, which is super strange. I have a really nice new iPhone and plenty of memory and great reception, and it glitched and the video shut down like while it was recording in the first few few moments I'm like, okay. So I opened my phone, I tried to do it again. And again my phone crashed. And I'm like, all right, Lord, I thought you said you wanted me to document this. And he said, I did, but I never said it was for you. And that was when I knew that I was supposed to make it for my video audience. And so I I did. And, um, that was when the whole video was successful and, um, I posted it and I felt the Lord told me to ask people to make it go viral because he wanted the world to repent. But in that moment, I did not like, it didn't even occur to me that the video would go viral. Wow. So I ended up getting home from the walk and, sitting on the side of the house because I was such an emotional wreck and shaking and and red and very, um, you know, just overwhelmed. And my husband walks out the back door and he's like, oh my Lord, what happened to you? And I couldn't even talk to him. I just handed him my phone and let him watch the video. And then he was overwhelmed. And that night we had scheduled a service at the revival rooms and we ended up canceling everything, told everybody to stay home and be with their families um and that was like my first act of repentance you know like i'm just going to be with my family and uh yeah so but it was crazy cuz literally the next morning we woke up and the internet had like exploded i had 200 text messages i had my friend um so i had a friend from who has a ministry in brazil her worship pastor sent her a copy of my video that had been translated into Portuguese, um, not even realizing that she knew me. And then um, another friend of mine, oh, from Indonesia, uh, his family, his mom had sent him a copy of the video translated in, in Indonesian, and she had no idea that Champion knew me. So, um, it's been translated in all these different languages and it was literally like just a matter of 48 hours and it had completely exploded. Um, we had over 8,000, uh, instant messages in my, uh, my messenger on, on my, uh, ministry page on Facebook that we just could not keep up with. And, absolutely some of the most incredible testimonies I've ever heard in my life. Um, You know, at first I was almost uh, embarrassed because it's like the whole world saw me at my absolute most vulnerable. Um, But I think that that's why it really touched people because it was real. And I've I've never been one, I mean, I wear makeup and I dress up because I'm a hairstylist, but um, I am a real person. What you see is what you get, and um, I think that that is something that the world was, um, they really were longing for, but uh, the, the reaction to it has been absolutely incredible. We got one message that I was able to read. A man was hopeless, he was uh, borderline suicidal, he was in a, a hotel room and running away from his family. And he saw the video. Um, He had been praying and asking God if he was really real, if he was really there. The man saw the video, was overwhelmed with um, like just the spirit of repentance fell on him. He said he got on his knees, was praying. And for the first time in his life, he felt Like he, Jesus walked into his hotel room and he was radically delivered, whole life changed in a moment. And so my encounter with Jesus opened up this man's encounter to literally have Jesus come in and visit him and prove the reality of his existence to him. I started getting death threats. My family was getting death threats. I had all these, uh, it's been really surprising that like the people that, uh, have been persecuting me that I would, I wouldn't have even thought that it would have been my brothers and sisters in Christ that I was going to receive the most hate from.
0: Hey, you've been listening to our podcast with Krista Elisha, and this is her encounter that she had with Jesus. You don't want to miss part two Uh, coming up next week when she expands on this a little bit more and gets more into her story. We want to thank you for tuning in today. God bless you and keep you as our prayer. Lisa and I are excited to tell you that we're developing a new network. It's called CGM Network. That is Cornerstone Global Ministries Network and Cornerstone Global Media, actually. And so it's going to be on different devices such as Apple TV. It'll be on Android TV, Fire TV, Roku, and all your mobile devices. And check you can check it out on our website. And it's being built out right now. And as soon as it's out, we'll get in contact with you and let you know that it is coming. Uh, we're also going to have audio channels, so we can continue. You can uh, continue to listen to the podcast here or other audio productions. Also, we're looking for content providers who want to be on a network that's going worldwide. There's five regions of the world, and we're going to be in every one of them. So we're going to be spreading the gospel around the world. God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at cornerstonegm.org for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth.
1: You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson. Or you can follow our ministries at Church and at Cornerstone Global M. See you next week.